You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Holy Spirit, speak through me today to your people. I pray that everybody would get a rhema word out of what is about to be spoken from my mouth, from your word, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I forgot to say, kids up to junior high, you are dismissed right now. We have uh, something for kids up to junior high. Also, if you didn't know, we have a preschool here at Grace Church during the week. So if you have a toddler from 2 to 5 or know someone that you want to bring them to a preschool to hear the word of God, to be in a really safe and excellent environment, I I, I challenge you, I encourage you to check out Grace Kids. Anybody here ever get stressed out, worn out? How about burnt out? Were you so burnt out that it smells like a grill everywhere you go? And you're like, what is that? I mean, I have literally been burnt to the point where I actually smelled something burnt. Did you ever? You know what I mean? Because you're like burnt to a crisp. And I felt that way earlier this week. It's like the fires, the fiery trials that the enemy throws at you. It starts to burn and you start to feel the burn. You know, it says in Isaiah that we would walk through the fire and not be scorched and not be burnt. But sometimes we're not walking, we're just standing still and we're being attacked and get to a point where we're burned. And I thought about, you know, when the holidays come, I start to feel a, more, a little more stress. Anybody? I just do, you know, maybe because of family, my background, I don't know. And I said, Holy Spirit, what is going on? And he said, the devil's goal is to wear you out and wear you down with the grind, with the grind. I figured out, you know, how many of you commute to work? Isn't that fun? I figured out that over the 25 some odd years that I commuted to Wall Street, that I spent three whole years on a bus or a subway or on a train. Now it was great because the second year on the train I met her. But after that, I was done with the commute. You know what I mean? So if you're single today, you want to meet your spouse, take a train. But, um, and you know, then, then he will try to choke the life out of you, like take your breath away. I was talking to somebody in between services after my message, and he said, you know what, this week, I felt that stress. I felt that burnout to the point where I couldn't breathe. And um, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 I love Daniel chapter 7. It's a great book about a vision that Daniel has, and it's talking about these times, the end times, as Pastor Terrence was saying. It says that the enemy will speak words against the Most High. Do you know all the enemy can do is whisper lies to you? Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. And he does it to wear out the saints. How many of you here today are a saint? I'm not asking if you think you're a saint or feel like you're a saint or your spouse doesn't think. Saints. Saints are people that have put their faith and trust in Jesus. You are a saint. When the saints go marching in, do you intend to march with them? Okay. Looking to wear out the saints. Now, a friend of mine went to a a pastor's conference recently in Phoenix, and uh, it was run by a guy named Jonathan Burness. You might have seen him on TV. But he dished out some stats to the spiritual leaders there, people that are in ministry. 
How many of you consider yourself to be in ministry? Everybody should really raise their hand because you're all in some kind of ministry. You're all called to take one of those cards from the info booth and say, come and see. Come and see Jesus or lead people to Jesus where you are. It's our season, you know. Pastor John likes to say that. It's our season. It's Christmas time. I love it. The lights, the trees. It's, I love it because it's our time. Let's not let anybody take our time away. And somebody says, happy holidays to me. I say, shut up. Merry Christmas. Shut up. Happy holidays. No. Anyway, listen to these stats about people that are in ministry. And like I said, it really, we're all in some kind of ministry. But 75% of people in ministry report being extremely stressed or highly stressed. 90% work between 55 and 75 hours a week. 90% feel fatigued and worn out every week. 70% say they're grossly underpaid. 40% report a serious conflict with a congregant at least once a month. 78% were forced to resign. And 63% at least twice most commonly because of conflict. 50% leave the ministry within five years. 80% are not in ministry 10 years, and only around 10% make it a lifelong career. Can't wait to go to London, huh? 100% of 1,000 evangelical pastors have a colleague who has left the ministry because of burnout, conflict, or moral failure. 91% have experienced some form of burnout. 18% fried to a crisp. Ever been fried to a crisp? That just makes me think of a Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> 70, you know how much I love Kentucky fried chicken. Stop thinking about Kentucky fried chicken until I'm done preaching. I'm talking to me. 70% say they have a lower self-esteem now than when they entered the ministry. 70% constantly fight depression. 50% feel so discouraged that they would leave their ministry if they could, but they can't find another job. 80% believe their ministry has negatively affected their families. 80% of spouses feel left out and unappreciated. Honey? No, okay. I feel left out and unappreciated, so it does mean, it is true. Sometimes I feel a little left out and unappreciated. Yeah, thanks. 77% feel they do not have a good marriage. 41% display anger problems in marriage. 38% are divorced or divorcing. I think that's closer to 50. 50% admit to using pornography. 37% report inappropriate sexual behavior. 70% do not have someone they consider a close friend. 50% do not meet regularly with an accountability partner. 72% only study the Bible when they're preparing for sermons. 21% spend less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. 44% of leaders do not take a regular day off. 90% say they have not received adequate training to meet the demands of ministry. Hey! <laughs> First thing I can honestly say is that ain't me. But there before the grace of God. I've, have you ever been burnt out, stressed out? Sure. Amen. It's happens to the best of us. But here's what I was thinking. If that happens to people that are ministers and leaders, imagine people that don't know Jesus. 
I remember not knowing Jesus where that stress and that burnout and that contraction in my life led me to a place of wanting to take my own life. There are people out there that need Jesus. They are stressed out and burnt out and they have nowhere to turn. At least those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have someone to have somewhere to turn. This is the season. Go out there and tell them there's hope. Amen? Amen. Come on, people. And if you don't know what to say to them, just give them a card and say, come and see what God's doing. And here's the thing. We tend to feel worn out and burnt out when we're in a rut or we feel like we're just living out the grind. Do you ever feel like your life just can become a grind? You know what I'm talking about? I remember six kids working in New York, getting up at five-something every morning. Oh, oh, oh! Just getting into a rut, and then it starts to get to you. It starts to wear on you. And it will wear on you if you don't take the focus back to the one who will carry you through any trial or tribulation. But this all brings me to a story in Acts chapter 3 about a man who was in that kind of a rut. And it says, now this is after the church was born, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, and Peter preached, and 3,000 people got saved. And it says in verse 1 of Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John at the ninth hour went to pray in the temple. So they went to church. But I'll tell you this, they went to church different this time. See, they had gone to the temple before, but now they had the Holy Spirit. They went with a bounce in their step. Did you ever go to church with a bounce in your step? You better have come here with a bounce in your step. There's no place you, better than for you to be than right here and right now in the presence of God. They went with a bounce in their step. They went knowing Jesus. They went with the Holy Ghost. And you know what? When you go to church like that, nothing will bother you. Not that person that looks to you ugly every week. Not that you had a fight in the car with your wife on the way. Nothing will bother you if you come with that bounce in your step. So they're coming with a bounce in their step. And in verse 2 of Acts chapter 3, it says that a certain man who was crippled from his birth was being carried and laid every day at the gate of this temple. Talk about being in a rut. His whole life was just waking up and being carried by some other people to a gate to the temple so he can beg. That was a nice commute, huh? Kind of, I was thinking, though, if I woke up and people just carried me to work, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> so at least he's going to carry. But he's being laid every day at a gate called Beautiful. Here's, you know, here's the thing. It's like so many of us are at the gate of a breakthrough in our life. It's like the Israelites, they wandered around for 38 years to get to the promised land when meanwhile was right there in front of them. You know, sometimes we're too busy complaining, we're going around in circles in our life when the breakthrough is right there. This guy's right there at the gate, but he's outside the gate called beautiful. And that word beautiful means more than just look at your wife and say, you look beautiful today. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. I want to hear it. Don't look at somebody else's wife. Look at your wife and say, you look beautiful today. Amen. 
Or look at that girl you plan on marrying and just say, hey, you look beautiful today, sister. <laughs> it's like in church, they think like if they say sister, it's like doesn't mean anything, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, the word beautiful, <laughs> the word beautiful there means timely. It means timely. Do you know there is a time for everything? Amen? There's a time for everything. How many of you, like, you met your husband or wife, and it just was at a, like, the, it just happened, like, out of nowhere? I met my, you, of course. <laughs> I met her on a train. It just was the time. It was a beautiful time. So it's, 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 it means timely. It, almost, it also means movement of grace or graceful movement. How many of you move gracefully? It's like uh, Carrie Phillips, like when she walks through, she's like, she's an actress, so she's, she's just moving gracefully all the time. <laughs> See, it's talking about graceful movements. So it's a, the right time of movement of grace. And finally, it also means, you can look this up in the Strong's in the Bible dictionaries, it means vigor or flourishing life. <clears throat> so this guy going through this rut, Everything the same every day is right there. He could go through the gate and live for the first time. His time was every day he was there. The movement of grace was always there. The ability to have real life was always there. But he was missing something. Jesus. Do you remember life without Jesus? See, this was since birth for him. In the next chapter, we see that he was 40 years old. It was 40 years old. And I realized, you know, my life, the first 27 years without Jesus, that was horrible. The next 13 years with Jesus was pretty good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't until I was 40, when I was broke and in debt, that I started Grace Church at the Ramada Inn next to Walmart on Route 1. I was 40 years old. 40 years young. How many of you are 40 years old today? 40 years young today. <laughs> you know what it goes to show you? See, it doesn't matter where you are in the age realm, okay? We're going to live for eternity if we put our faith in Jesus. I'm just a baby. I'm just a toddler when it comes to eternity. But God can use you wherever you are. The ability to change and have a new life is there. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. I was at the gate of my calling at 40 years old. And I started Grace Church, and I, I, I joined a company that I didn't want to join, and it changed my financial eternity on earth or my financial life on earth. It doesn't matter. There's a time, there's a season, there's a beautiful gate for everybody. Amen? Amen. In verse 5, so what happens, he's looking, they're coming by, and they say, they tell him to focus his attention on them. And it says that the man paid attention to them, expecting to receive something. And the Lord told me on Wednesday, he said, and I told you, remember, hun? I said, the re you know, he said, the reason you're stressed out and you're burnt out is because you lost focus. 
you are looking at all these circumstances and you've taken your eye off of me. And I said, Lord, you're right, man. I've been looking at this and I've been looking at that and I've been getting that text and that phone call. I've got to sign those papers and do all these different things. I had taken my focus off of him. And I had forgotten to expect something good from God. See, when you don't have hope or expectation, you will burn out. You know, I preached a message a few years ago called Keeping Hope Alive because when you lose hope, you lose a lot. But if you have a little bit of hope, God can work with that. How many of you are in a situation where you're about to lose hope? Hold on. Hold on to a little bit of hope. Refocus, expect good again. So Acts chapter 3, verse 6, here's what happens. See, he's looking for money. He's look, you, know, you know something really funny? The historians say that this specific gate actually was, had silver and gold on it. So he was by a gate of silver and gold, interestingly enough. And they said to him, silver and gold I do not have. Now, we need to understand something. First of all, they had money. You know why? Because if you look at the chapter before that, it says people were selling their lands, their houses and everything, and laying that money at the apostles' feet. So it wasn't that they didn't have money. But money isn't what he needed. He said, they said, silver and gold I don't have. Well, they had it. Maybe they didn't have it with them, but believe me, they had it. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In other words, I got something better than money. We have a benevolence team here. Thank God I'm not on it anymore. Because <laughs> that's a tough team to be on. But we have people that come here during the week. We have people that come here all the time looking for money. You know, they think church is a, a bank. <laughs> Put the thing in the thing and hit a few buttons and money comes out. And, you know, we do help people a lot. And in the past, and there's been times we've helped people, and, and, and they've walked in on a Sunday, asked for $200, and we gave it to them. And we came to realize that maybe that's not such a good idea. Because when they came back next year, we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, they just made the circuit. Now, there's nothing wrong with benevolence. But you know what? Enabling people does not help people. We say to them, listen, come to church, meet Jesus. You won't need the money anymore. He'll take care of all your needs. You think, see, listen, this guy in the rut this guy who was burnt out, this guy who lived his whole life the same way, this guy that was lost, he thought that he knew what he needed. And many times we think we know what we need. I remember a time thinking, all I need is to get married. Because I was thinking, then somebody will do my laundry and make me food. and <laughs> just made sense to me. There was a whole other world in that marriage that I didn't know about. And it's been nothing but a blessing. <laughs> but you think you know. You think you know. I remember when I was making 5000 a year, and it was costing me three to commute. 
And I remember saying, God, I had just become a believer. I said, God, if I could just make 20,000 bucks, I'll give you a tip on my finger. Like, oh. Do you ever remember like saying, God, if I could just, if I could just, then I just make 50, I could just make 70, and then you had six kids and you had to make a lot more. Because it's never enough. But it's never really what I needed. Because even when I did make more and more and more, and I did, it didn't bring me joy and peace and happiness. But more of him, more of Jesus, more of his name. Now that was life, that was peace, that was health, that was prosperity. See, because people think they know what they need. This man didn't know what he needed, but they did. There are people out there right now, Christmas time, looking for answers. I remember in the 70s, I didn't know the Lord. When it came around the holidays, I used to disappear. I used to listen to that song, oh, and so this is Christmas, what have they done, blah, 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 blah. And that's how I felt about it. I was like, so what? So what's so great? There is something great. There is something fantastic. It's Jesus, the reason for the season. There's people out there that need him. Your mission is, and, and you got to accept it, is to go out there and tell them there's something better than money. There's something even better than your health. There's something better than a great marriage. There's something better than a great education. There's something, his name is Jesus. And in his name, you can have real life. Real life. Hallelujah. We think we know what we need. Sometimes people just need a, a good word. Back in Daniel, it says that the enemy used words to wear people out. You know, not everybody gets to wake up and live with the happiest person on earth. I do. It's the truth. It's the truth. I'm telling you, she's so happy it makes me mad. Yeah, you think it's easy? Waking up every day to somebody so dang happy, it's like, what are you so dang happy about? But I know it's because she's married to me. <laughs> Who wouldn't be happy married to me? I commuted three years for you. Yeah, that's why she's so happy and I'm like still in a rut here. I need to get out of this thing. But I'm telling you, I, how many of you wake up to the happiest person in the world every day? Nobody else, huh? <laughs> I'm so blessed. I should be happy now. <laughs> Nobody else? <laughs> Good. Oh, there we go. Pissed. Oh, well, yeah, you wait. He, he wakes up to himself. He's the happiest person. He actually is, you know. One of the I mean, if I wasn't married to her, I'd marry you, Pastor Courtney, because because <laughs> you are one happy guy. Look at his smile; it never changes. <laughs> you know, the, the issue for him is he's married to somebody like me, Erica. <laughs> we are very similar, Eric and I. We really are, but um. <laughs> But I do, I get to wake up next to the happiest person on earth. But the reason she's so happy is because she has Jesus. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's a great thing. Sometimes we just don't know what we need. But here, I know what I do need because, you know what? When things are going like that, when the enemy's speaking these negative things into my head, you know what? My wife will speak something positive to me. 
she'll tell me something positive. Pastor Courtney, you are a lot like that. We were meeting with somebody recently, and we were just focusing on the negative, and Pastor Courtney just out of nowhere goes, you know what? We're not believing what God could do in this situation. God could do anything in this situation. All things are possible to him who believes. And I'm like, that's some good preaching. I'm like, you sound a lot like my wife. <laughs> I don't know if I like you anymore now. <laughs> but uh, praise God, we all need somebody to speak life into us. Amen? And that's what the word does. So, so when, I, when, I, when I stop focusing on him and I stop focusing on his word and the good things that he has in store for me, I start to get worn out. I start to get... You know, and that'll lead to sickness. It'll lead to all kinds of stuff. Listen, Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. The enemy lies, but God will send you a word. Amen? The enemy tells you falsehoods. He wears you out, but God will send a word to encourage you. I pray that this word today encourages you because he sent it to you today. It will heal you if you listen to it, if you'll believe it. Amen. God is good. I love this, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, in the Message Bible. The Message Bible is the Amplified Bible, Amplified. Okay, whereas in the New King James Version, this is like five words. Come to me, okay? In the Amplified, it's like, come to me, whoosh, 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 whoosh. In the Message, forget it, it's a novel. For one, a couple of verses, but these, this is a great novel. Are you tired? <laughs> you want to know something funny? I worked, when I worked in Wall Street, and after I got off the trading floor, I was working in an office. I, I can't work in an office. Have you seen me? I, I can't stay in one place. <laughs> they say, you got ADD. I go, no, I don't. I have ADD, which means God will add. I don't have that other ADD thing. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. But is watching me preach kind of like a tennis match? You're like this. Mm, serve, return, where is he? But uh, I, when, when I left the trading floor and went up into the office, man, I was like bugging out. And so what I did is I annoyed the heck out of everybody I worked with. But where am I coming to here? I used to go like this, like halfway through the day, I would say to Frank, I'd go, I'm tired. I would just go, I'm tired. Let's go get some espresso. How many of you work in an office know what I'm talking about? It's like that late day. Oh, man, they hated me there because I'd be like, I'm tired. I need some espresso. But, you know, and then how many of you are worn out? You ever get worn out? Come on, be honest. You ever get worn out? <laughs> we got, you know, we had six kids. That wore us out. We got rid of most of them, and now we had to get puppies. It's wearing, out. it's wearing her out. I'm like, make me something to eat. She goes, the puppy's got to eat. I'm like, can we go out to eat? No, who's going to watch the puppies? They're like kids. We got more kids. Oh, my gosh, these puppies. And then every time, you got to watch the puppies. I don't want to watch no puppies. Like when she used to leave and say, watch the kids. I go, I don't want to watch no kids. <laughs> Guys, how many? Like your wife's like, I'm going shopping, and you got little kids. You're like, immediately, right now, you're like, okay, 911, the hospital. The first time she left me with Alex, we had one kid. 
She goes, I'm going. I got to get out of here. I'm worn out. It's like, okay. I'm like, okay. I hope this kid's sleeping. Anyway, she leaves. And my daughter, she's there. All of a sudden, she's never acted up ever. All of a sudden, her face is turning beet red. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, my God. I called 911. <laughs> What's the matter with your baby? I don't know. She looks a little red. <laughs> Do you remember that? You came home and gave her like a baby aspirin or something. You know what I mean? But you get worn out. How about burnt out? You ever get burnt out? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover. That sounds like a vacation. How many of you here need a vacation? Raise your hand high, okay? All right, husbands, wives, look who's got their hand up and take, well, you both, okay? Oh, you're going to London, forget it. Uh, that's no vacation. It's rainy and foggy there. You sure you want to go? Anyway, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. How many of you know how to take a nap? No, Jules? How many of you like to just, you could just, you could go to sleep in church, but you're not gonna. How many of you could? <laughs> oh, you know, you see them, they're like this, the eyes start rolling like this. It's like the exorcist. And then the spouse goes, and they go, and then they go back like, I used to take the bus to the city. Do you ever take the bus to the train and somebody next to you falls asleep and their head's on your lap, they're on your shoulder, and people are looking at you, I'm not doing it, they're doing it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, when I was single, if a pretty girl wanted to put her head on my shoulder, that's fine. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, listen, it, it's, sometimes it's hard to get a real rest. You know what I'm saying? How many of you... You just sometimes, like you, like me, it's really tough. Okay. I actually told the first service, if anybody here knows, like, I always wake up like 3 or 4 in the morning for some reason, and then my mind starts bugging out. Anybody? And, and I'm like, would you stop thinking? Stop thinking to yourself. Would you shut up and stop? I'm talking to myself. I just want to go back to bed. So one of the women at the earlier service, she, I said, if you have a cure, please help me. Okay, so this woman comes up to me. She says, here's what you do. You start with A, B, and you pray for somebody with the name A. You pray for somebody with the name B. You pray for somebody with the name C. I'll never do it. I mean, I pray for A, Alicia, let me pray. I'm mad at Alicia. I ain't praying for Alicia. B, I'm praying for Bob. What am I praying for Bob for? C, I mean, I'll have all these reasons. Do you know what I'm saying? But she was just like, you know what? Sometimes we just need a rest, Amen. You ever just need a rest? He says, I'll show you how to really rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. <sighs> Jesus was so calm. I would have been just like Peter, man. I would have been freaking about everything. When I see Jesus walking on the water, I'm freaking, okay? When I see Jesus licking his finger and sickening the guy's ear because he can't hear, I'm freaking. When I see Jesus spit on the ground and put that in somebody's eye, I'm totally freaking out. But you know what? We need to learn to rest, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Those are some really nice words. I have no idea what they mean, but anyway, it sounds like 
just, like, you know, he's at the gate where there's a movement of grace. And, you know, grace works like that. It's just, it's, there's no press for grace. It's a rhythm. It's just something that happens. You don't do anything to get it. It's unforced, but it's a rhythm. He says, I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Remember when David went to fight Goliath and Saul tried to, they tried to put Saul's armor on him. And he was not comfortable with it. Jesus won't put something on you and ask you to do something that, you're, that, that isn't suited for you. He don't, he don't ask you to go to London unless you're like Beef Wellington. He's not going to, the food there is really thick. Are you sure you want to go? I, I, don't, I don't know how the pizza is. Um, Jesus, <laughs> he won't lay he anything heavier unfitting on you. Keep company with him and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How many of you right now are really living freely and lightly? Yeah, I know, honey. Put your hand down. Only a few. You know why? Because a lot of us are feeling stressed. Acts 3, 7, it says, they took the man by the right hand, lifted him up, and they immediately his feet and ankles received strength. In the name of Jesus. A word and a helping hand will bring strength to people that need it. Amen? There's some people that just need a word and some help. Give them a word and some help. And they'll renew their strength in Jesus. Isaiah 40, 31. You all know this scripture, or most of you do, and I just want to read it to you. Those who wait for the Lord. And what does that word wait mean? It means to expect, to look for, to hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. How many today can use a renewing of strength, a renewing of power in their life? They shall lift up their wings and mount up as eagles up to the sun. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And what does that mean? It means with God, the same things that would wear you out won't wear you out anymore. With God, your family won't wear you out. With God, your job won't wear you out. With God, your health won't wear you out. With God, your mind won't wear you out. With God, your friend won't wear you out. With God, your, your expectations not being fulfilled immediately will not wear you out. And why do I say that? Because this is what the Lord showed me. <laughs> and he showed me for a reason, but he may, it may be for some of you, but much of my weakness and much of our weakness comes from <laughs> a lack of patience. Now, you look at me and say, he seems such a patient guy. <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> How many of you have, sometimes have a lack of patience? That'll wear you out. It'll sap your strength. Because you have these expectations, and when they don't happen, it starts to bug you. Lack of patience. How many of you are always on time and always ready to move and always ready to go to dinner and always ready, but the rest of your family is slow? Raise your hand. So you know what I'm talking about, right? We're going to dinner. Everybody, I'm ready. I'm in the car. What are you doing? Oh, here I come, honey. Well, let me come to the door. Oops, I forgot something. I'll be right back. Oh, no, you won't. You ain't coming back for another hour. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or when I go to, my, when I go to the city with my family 
As soon as we get off the train, I'm like this. Five seconds later, I turn around. Where the heck is my family? Do you know what I mean? I just struggle with that lack of patience. If we say we're going out to eat at 8, that doesn't mean we're leaving at 8.15. All right? Why can't you people understand simple instructions? Yeah, you too. You know why? There's certain people in my family that are fast. How many of you have a family? You got the fast people and you got the slow people. I'm one of the fast people. There's slow people right here. Look at them. Slow. Slow people right here. Slow, slow, slow. Yeah, and you know what I noticed? They're not stressed. Somebody, yeah, stand up, give me an amen on that. Donna, something's not right. They're not worn out, they're not stressed, nothing bothers them. Earthquake, they're like, okay, oh, I guess we gotta leave the house. You people are crazy. How many of you are like that? You're late, you're never on time, but you're fine. Like, good. Teach me, teach me. Obi-Wan Kenobi, teach me how to do that. Be my mentor. Because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> what would they do without us? Probably be happy because it's a lack of patience. I understand it. I got it. And it'll stress me out if I let it. So right now I'm just going to take a rest. Unforced rhythms of grace. Acts 3.8, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. See, God wants to raise those people up to bring them into church. He wants to raise them up. How many of you here, over the last six months, it's your first time being in church, and now you're in church all the time? There we go. Good. Praise God. Somebody said, come check it out. Come check this weird preacher out. Come on. Come check this thing out. No, really. Come check out God. Unforced rhythms of grace. The name of Jesus. Healing people. Setting people free. Amen? So then he goes in and all so he can what? Praise God. See, those people out there that don't know him, they're created to praise him. Pastor Terrence read that scripture, that we're all God's workmanship. And, and even the word poema is that Greek word there. It means we're like a poem. We're like a masterpiece. We're a masterpiece created to worship God and do great things that he founded before the foundation of the world. He knew before anybody knew that they were going to London because he created them for that at this time. It's an unforced rhythm that they are in right now. Acts 3.11, now as a lame man who was healed, I love this, he held on to them. He held on to them. He held on to them. Held on to Peter and John. And they ran together into Solomon's porch. Wow. Do you know when you lead people to Jesus, they'll hold on to you. Most of you that are here, including myself, we are in church or we are in the temple. We are in God's presence. We are in Christ because somebody led us to him and we held on to what they said. We wanted to be and have what they had. 
This, this man just met Peter and John. They said, focus on us, refocus. They said, in the name of Jesus, you can do anything. He's, and what did he do? He didn't just leave. He held on to them. He held on, and he went to church with them. See, because the early church was meeting in Solomon's porch, right inside the temple. That's where they met. Because Solomon's porch was right by the gate, beautiful. And that's where they would go every day. And before this, you know when Solomon's porch is mentioned in the Bible? In John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. And he said that while he was walking in Solomon's porch, because he was looking forward to sheep that hear his voice, that gather where he is. Come on. Psalm 28, verse 7 and 8 says this. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my soul, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Everyone here is anointed by God. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the worship leader. Everyone here is anointed by God. And he is your strength. He will revive you today if you focus back on him and hear his word. Some people here, there was, there was two or three in the earlier service that heard about Jesus and said, you know what, I want that. I want that eternal life. And they walked up here and gave their heart to Jesus and their lives are forever changed. I want to give that opportunity to some of you here today. Maybe it's the first time you said the prayer. Maybe it's the third time. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I said it 20 times just to make sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. Every church we went to, they gave a salvation prayer, and I was like, yeah, me. Yeah. I knew I needed it. I knew I was weak. Without Jesus, it's a lonely life. It's not even a life. I can't imagine the stress, the being worn out, the loneliness without him. Because, you know, people will let you down, but he never will. It's a forever thing. We're all going to die. It's just the facts. The question is, when we meet God, will we be able to say, I put my faith and trust in Jesus in December of 2016, my life will be changed forever. So if you've never made that decision, I ask you that as we pray together, that you make that decision today. We do it by praying together. The same way the words of the enemy can bring you down, the words out of your mouth of his can bring you life, eternal life, abundant life. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes with me right now. And just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. I've made mistakes. But his blood covers those. Three days later, you raised him from the dead. Raised me to a new life today. Holy Spirit, change me. I accept Jesus 
and his sacrifice today. Amen. Everyone, keep your eyes closed, your head bowed, just to respect for everyone else here. If you said that prayer for the first time, this is your season of grace. This is your time. This is your beautiful gate. If you said that prayer for the first time and you meant it, could you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand. Amen. Who else? Raise your hand. Who else? Okay. There's a lot of hands. All right. Everybody that raised your hand, don't be shy. Stand up where you are right now. Stand up. Come on. 